Welcome to the First Baptist Church Brunswick podcast. Join us as we desire to lead people into a deep and thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. Good morning. Take your Bible and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and you'll be ready for the message in, in just a few moments. But it is good to be back with you here at First Baptist Brunswick. Uh, this is actually our third t- worship service together, my wife Debbie and I. Uh, this year, uh, I was here in January, as Chris said, to preach, and then I'm here to preach again today. But uh, back at the first of March, uh, we were in town, and we just uh, did what a lot of people call crash- crashing Chris. Uh, we came from out of town, wanted to hear Chris preach, and uh, and we were here along with some friends, and and it was after that service we were just very briefly uh, chatting down front. Uh, he shared with us that he was having some tests that week, and. As we all know, uh, those tests revealed uh, a diagnosis uh, of cancer. And a week ago Friday, uh, Chris called me and asked uh, if I wouldn't mind coming uh, today and preaching because he was going to be at MD Anderson all this past week and also Mayo and Jacksonville. And I know that uh, there's some information uh, that Angela has shared out on Facebook about what all has happened in regard to that. And I'm sure your pastor will address that at the end of the service today. But So I'm very grateful to be here today and I'm thankful, so thankful for the friendship and the common calling that Chris and I have together and Angela and to know Abigail and Avery and to have been with them and in our church family and to see what God is doing through their lives here in Brunswick and beyond, amen? And so what a blessing it is to be here with you. You know, it's interesting, I had planned to preach a completely different message uh, today, and uh, I worked on it hard. I worked on it four days last week, and I had it all just the way it it ought to have been. Really felt like that's what God wanted me to do, but about 12.41 last night, I was awakened from a, a sound sleep, and I looked up, and I saw an apparition in front of me. Uh, it was silhouetted in black. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you've seen things in the night before, but occasionally we do. And, and I thought, well, you know, I guess I better talk to the apparition. And so I just said, well, are you okay? And the apparition said to me, you are snoring. <laughs> the apparition turned out to be my wife. I said, did you wake me up? And she said, no, I've just been sitting here staring at you. <laughs> Women have that power. And I woke up and I tried to do something. I I think it was something to do with the hotel room. Last time I was here, y'all put me up at the King and Prince. I think we were staying at the Prince and Pauper last night. It's just a a different place altogether. And I was a little stopped up, but I couldn't go back to sleep. And I went and looked at my sermon again, and I just knew that wasn't what God wanted me to preach. And so I I worked on some things for a while, and I went to bed. And and so, you know, I'm going to be preaching today uh, from... uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, this is uh, Holy Week. It starts with what? Palm Sunday. It's a high occasion, an exciting time where Jesus comes into Jerusalem and he celebrated his king and, and they, they laid the palm fronds down according to one of the gospels and, and it's just an exciting time. But as you know, as Holy Week goes along, things begin to go downhill, don't they? And it's not long before Jesus finds himself in the garden of Gethsemane. 
praying and sweating drops of blood. And then, and then he faces the betrayal of Judas and the denials of Peter. And then he goes through the scourging and he's hung on the cross. And so he's come a long way in one week from a real high to a low, a low. They laid him in the grave. But guess what? It didn't end there, amen? The next day, one of the greatest things that's ever happened in the history of the universe, the greatest thing, Jesus was raised from the dead, and we're going to celebrate that next week, amen? But today, what I want you to think about is this, that, that we go through highs and lows in our lives as well. And that's why I want to talk to you today about what we do when we face trouble, when we face affliction uh, coming into our lives, when we face the unexpected. And to get us started, I'd like for us, uh, if you don't mind, would you stand together and honor the reading of God's Word right now? From, and I'm reading from the New American Standard Version of the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 7, but keep your Bible open to that because we're going to be referring back to this chapter. But it begins this way, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are throughout Achaia, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions or troubles, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as you are sharers of our sufferings, so also you are sharers of our comfort. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of God's Word, and you can be seated. I want to talk today about several things that we can do when we're facing trouble, when we're facing uncertainty, when we're facing tribulation and trials. You know, Jesus said, uh, in the world you'll have trouble, amen? But he said, I have overcome the world. And I want you to know today that no matter what you face in your life, whatever we face as a church, whatever we face as believers out in the world, no, no matter how difficult they are, we can overcome them because of Christ. And I, I think I see uh, several things in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that help us to overcome affliction and trouble when we face them and things that we need to remember. And first of all, we need to remember what we are, or who we are, if you wish. Remember what you are, or who you are. In verse 1, Paul, he begins with this salutation, but in a way, he's always reminding himself of who he is. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. You know, Paul went through some stuff, didn't he? He faced all kinds of trials and afflictions as, a, as an apostle, and he always had to remember who I am and who it is that I'm serving. You know, sometimes we forget that. We forget who we are. Has that ever happened to you? Maybe you're driving down the road and somebody 
gets up behind you and lays on the horn and, and suddenly you forget what a nice Christian person you are. You know, sometimes that, that happens. I remember being uh, going out and trying to buy a cell phone. That can be a frustrating situation, amen? And I was in an AT&T store and, and uh, we got down to the point where he was going to tell me how much money it was going to cost me to get a new phone. And I could feel the, the blood rising up and the red coming into my face. And suddenly this guy said to me, hey, aren't you a preacher? What's your name? And I said, Chris Winford. (laughs) And that did happen in Warner Robins. I actually used another preacher's name, Chris, but I thought that might be funny. But but you know, sometimes people call us out for who we are, for what we profess to be, and that's a humbling moment. And we need to be reminded of who we are from time to time. I remember reading about Abraham Lincoln the night he died and what they found in his possession. They found um, a uh, country boy's pen knife that he had on him. They found a, a handkerchief embroidered A. Lincoln. They found a spectacle case which he put his, his glasses in. They found a little change purse with $5 Confederate money in it. But then they found this. In his pocket, they found some worn clippings from the newspapers that described who he was. And one of them said he was one of the greatest men who ever lived. And, you know, he carried that around. It's humbling to think about that. He carried that around, I think, as a reminder of who he was and what he had been called to do in our nation's deepest and darkest hours. And I think that we have the Holy Spirit in us to remind us who we are and who we belong to. And that, to quote Lincoln again, that the angels of our better natures may rise up in us when we're facing difficulties, perhaps unlike any that we have faced in our lives. So number one, remember what or who you are. Number two, remember who God is. Amen? It says in 2 Corinthians 3, to the church of God, the church of God. We need to remember who God is and what God can do in our times of trial. If you'll pick up later in chapter 1, pick up with verse 8. It says this, Paul says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia and that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we have the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead. And then look at this. I love this in verse 10. Who delivered us from so great a peril of death, who will deliver us, and on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. Amen? That's the kind of God I need when I am facing trouble and affliction in my life. I need a God who is a delivering God. I read a book one time, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People. It's a wonderful book. But in the end, the author determines that what happened in his life, God could not prevent. God could not stop. God had no power over that. I want you to know, I don't believe in a God like that. If I'm going to believe in a God, I'm going to believe in a delivering God. I'm going to believe in in a God 
The same God that called the universe into being, who created this earth, who separated the, the day from the night and the sea from the land and the man from the animal. I, wanna, I believe in the God who caused the, the children of Israel to walk across on dry ground. I believe in the God in Ezekiel who raised up an army, an army of dead bones and put them back together and raised them up again. I believe in the God who delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who delivered Daniel out of the lion's den. I believe in the God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen? And so, when we face trouble, we need to remember what we are. But secondly, we, we need to remember who God is. God is a delivering God. And then thirdly, we need to remember where the Christians are. Amen? Look back at um, verse 1 again. It mentions Timothy, our brother. And then look again at, at, at that verse. It says, with all the saints. Timothy, our brother, and with all the saints. And as we look down uh, through verses 3 through 7, which I read earlier, it calls us who have gone through affliction and who have been comforted by others to turn that around and take it as an opportunity to comfort those who are going through troubles. And verse uh, 5 says again, For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also is our comfort. It is abundant through Christ. You think about Christ on Holy Week. He begins celebrated as the king uh, there in Jerusalem, but it's not long before he finds himself in the garden of Gethsemane where he went to pray and did he go alone no he took uh, his inner circle of disciples with him Peter James and John and they were to to pray with him he didn't want to be alone in that time of trouble and we need to remember that you know some of us are tempted when we face trouble in our lives and affliction in our lives and we, we sort of uh, privatize. We draw a circle around ourselves, and we don't want to let anybody in. And, and I can understand that, but I want to tell you that's the wrong thing to do. You need to let other people into your life. A few weeks ago, I was talking with a dear sister in Christ who's battling cancer, and that, that's, sort of, that's sort of the way she does things. Uh, she's a public person who's helped many people, but but the more trouble that comes into her life, the more she seems to draw the circle tighter. And I had to help somebody who's helped me and say, you need to let some folks back in again. And we've experienced that in our own lives, Debbie and I. About 11 years ago, uh, in 2011, I always say 2011 was not from heaven. Because <laughs> we went through a lot of something else that year. And uh, one of the things we went through was Debbie having cancer. And it, it involved... Uh, incredible uh, reconstruction it took weeks and weeks for that all to take place and later that year when we thought we were past that and the death of her father and and a lot of other things uh, we went on a trip we wanted to see the leaves up in in uh, northeast United States and we were in Boston Massachusetts and the first day Debbie slipped on the sidewalk and broke not one but both legs <laughs> I mean, it was just a, a terrible year, a terrible time. Brother Chris did a lot of preaching for me that year. You remember that. And you know, the bottom line is this. Uh, you know, we were there at home, and so many people helped us out, and so many people wanted to come by and do even more, more than we could actually receive. But I remember one day uh, a man and his wife came by our home. His name was David Taylor. 
And it had only been a few months before that, that uh, I was visiting David in the hospital. He was about to have brain surgery because he had a, a tumor, a cancerous tumor in his brain. And I remember praying over David and and months later, he and his wife came to our house, and I remember it for two reasons. Number one, for the wonderful uh, spaghetti casserole that she brought. By the way, that's one of the things Baptists are good at, casseroles, you know that. But then he did something that I'll never forget. He said, can I pray for you? I had, he's not a deacon, not a Sunday school teacher. I'd never heard David pray, but he prayed the most incredible prayer over us. And I'll never forget that. And by the way, I was at church a few weeks ago at Central Baptist and saw David. And he's still, he's still going. God's still blessing him. God still uh, got him in the game. And look at verse 11 uh, of, of 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. It says um, this, almost in passing, you also joining in helping us through your prayers, so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. And I know you're praying big time, big and bold prayers, amen, for this time in the life of your congregation and your pastor, and you keep doing that because God answers prayer. And so we remember what we are. We remember who we serve and how big our God is. And we remember where the Christians are at. But thirdly, remember, it hasn't always been this way. This is something we forget. There's no pain like the present. Remember, it hasn't always been this way. Look back to verse 2. Paul says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When things are not going well, when the waters are troubled, when you're struggling, when you're anxious, take a moment and think back on all the times in your life when that was not the case. And thank God for those. Thank God for the times that you've seen other people go through it, but somehow by his grace, undeservedly, you have been passed over and just remember the great things that God has done. Turn back to the 77th Psalm for, with me for a moment, if you don't mind. The 77th Psalm. And while you're turning there, just let me tell you that while I was uh, working on a sermon to preach at this church last Tuesday afternoon, the most amazing thing happened. My telephone went off. And I looked down, and it said, tornado warning. That got my attention. And then, not long after that, we lived right next door to Robbins Air Force Base. The sirens began to go off on Robbins Air Force Base. And then it wasn't long after that, the county sirens began to go off. And those things have happened before. But I got Debbie, and we went, went out and started watching television. And within the next 30 minutes, an F3 tornado hit our neighborhood. I've never been through anything like that. Just three streets over from us, everything was taken out. Some folks from Central Baptist Church had their homes damaged, the church we served over there. But you know what happened on my street? Nothing. We were passed over. You know, when we have storms, 
when we have difficulties in life and, and we, get, we go through the, the bad stuff, we do need to remember the times that God has been gracious and by his grace, not because of our goodness, but by his grace, we have been passed over. You know, looking back, at, it's, I ask you to turn it to Psalm 77. And I just want to start at the beginning of that psalm, and I just want to read through it for a moment. Verse 1, my voice rises to God, and I will cry aloud. My voice rises to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. In the night, my hand was stretched out without weariness. My soul refused to be comforted. When I remembered God, then I became disturbed. When I sigh, then my spirit grows faint. You have held my eyelids open. If you've been there, say amen. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of long ago. I will remember my song in the night. I will meditate with my God and my spirit ponders. Will the Lord reject forever? And will he never be favorable again? Has his loving kindness ceased forever? Has his promise come to an end forever? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Or has he in anger withdrawn his compassion? But watch this, verse 10. Then I said, it is my grief that the right hand of the Most High has changed. I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your deeds. Your way is holy, O God. What God is great like our God. And so it's important for us when we're going through it to remember the times when we weren't. When your kids are going through a rough patch. Remember when they were born and how precious they were in the, the beautiful times that you had earlier and that you, you're able to have again. Remember when you've lost your health. Remember that times that you were just skipping rope and doing great. Amen? Remember those times when your marriage is having difficulties and you're going through rocky waters in your marriage. Remember when you first got married? You know, so many of us, we have everything and we're not getting along very well. Think back on the times when you had nothing and you were doing just fine. Remember the days of old and it will help you. So remember what you are. Remember who God is. Remember where the Christians are. Remember it hasn't always been this way. And then one more thing I want to say to you is this. Remember, this ain't it. This ain't it. I remember one time saying that from the pulpit. My daughter, when she was a little girl, she came to me and she said, Daddy ain't itin' in the dictionary. And I said, itin't ain't either. <laughs> but this ain't it. You know, God has a plan. And not just a plan for this time, but for all time. It's not just about here, but it's also about the hereafter. And so we need to stay focused on the fact that we're created not just for time, but for eternity. And I want you to look at uh, one more section of verses from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. One more section of verses, and it begins with verse 17, and Paul writes here, Therefore, I was not vacillating when I intended to do this, was I? Or what, or what I purpose? Do I purpose according to the flesh? So that with me there will be yes, yes and no, no at the same time? 
Or as God is faithful, our word to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Christ Jesus, who is preached among us by us, by me and Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but yes in him. For as many as are the promises of God, in him they are yes. Therefore also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. And now he that establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is God, who also sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our heart as a pledge. Isn't that wonderful? That when we go through difficult times in our lives, and we all will, don't forget to focus on the promises of God. Don't forget the Holy Spirit that lives within and the promises that have been sealed into your life in him and know that he will never leave you nor forsake you no matter what happens in your life because we're preparing not just for what's happening here but we're preparing for eternity. So this ain't it. This ain't it. I like the car I drive. It's paid for. (laughs) But this ain't it. I want a chariot. I like the street I live on. It's a wonderful street. But it ain't it. I want streets of gold. I like the house I live in. It's paid for too, thank God. But it's not enough. I want a mansion in glory. I want a place where there is no illness. Where there is no sickness, where there is no sorrow, where there is no sinning, and where there is no death. And this ain't it, amen? And so we're on the way. We're on a journey. And God is taking us along on it. And sometimes we go through a rough patch. Sometimes we go through some troubles. Sometimes those are short periods of time. Other times they're a bit longer. But we have to remember what we are. We have to remember who God is. We have to remember where the Christians are. We have to remember it hasn't always been this way. And we have to remember that this ain't it. Do you know this song? Sing it with me if you do. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see, all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Holy Week. Jesus began there in Jerusalem 
on a great high. But then he started facing troubles, Gethsemane, betrayal, denials, and the cross itself. But he overcame death by the power of God. And when he presented himself, many believed, but there was one who was a doubter. Who was he? Thomas. And Thomas later got to see the the hands, the nail print in the hands and the feet of Christ. And he said, I believe. And as we go through this holy week, we might be facing all kinds of troubles and afflictions and uncertainties and difficulties in our lives. But once again, we've got to come back to the faith, amen? The faith once for all entrusted to the saints. And I think about this fact, that the same Christ who died for us on the cross is living in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to close with this verse, one of my favorites in the Bible, Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. You know what? Say it with me. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In the end, this is it. We preach Christ crucified. We preach Christ resurrected. We preach Christ of Pentecost. We preach Christ ascended that the Holy Spirit may live in all of us to help us to face the troubles and afflictions that we have in our lives. Thank you for listening. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, we're so thankful for the truth of your word and even some of the lessons of Holy Week. That our Christ in the flesh, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, had to go through the deepest, darkest, troubling times. Even in moments where he said, Lord, take this cup away from me, this cup of suffering. But in the end, he prayed the prayer that never fails. Thy will be done. And it was. And that same will can be done in our lives as we face trouble and affliction and uncertainty. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this pastor. And I know that these are difficult times. But Father, we want you to get the glory. Father, we know that Suffering sometimes is beyond us. We don't have all the answers and neither do the physicians of this earth. But Father, we know that according to Romans 8, that, that there is a glory that is revealed in the sons of God through suffering. And Father, whatever lies ahead for this church family, this pastor, we want you to get the glory. But we have got to do our part. We have got to be people of faith who remember what we are, remember who our God is, remember where the Christians are at, remember that it hasn't always been this way, and remember that this ain't it. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing as led by our worship team on the platform, and, and pastors can be down at the front, and I encourage you to come and pray at the altar about anything that's troubling you, and and if you've already overcome that, think about what God's speaking to you and how you can help other people. You know, a time like this when we know of our pastor and what he's going through, 
is a time also to be reminded of what other people are going through and to be more sensitive to the people we live with and we work with and go to school with and those that live next door to us. It's a, an opportunity. And so I just pray that God will use this day and this season in the life of this church to do great ministry and to see many souls wonder Christ. You come now as we...